Welcome to the Tales of Africa podcast with your host, Richmond Sechana. I have a very interesting guest in our studios today. So very recently, he's gone viral on social media for selling his artwork for $1 million and then using the proceeds to acquire six aircraft, six airplanes, can you imagine, to convert them into schools or studios or classrooms for young people. So I would allow him to introduce himself and I will delve right into today's session. So welcome to our studios, Mr. Ibrahim Mahama. It's an honor to have you. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's a real pleasure. I think yes. it's very important for young people to have a conversation and also to be able to at least share the work that they do within this particular given time in our history. Exactly. So yeah, yeah. That's true. Thank you. Thank you so much. So can you kindly give us a bit background about yourself, maybe where you were born and in the schools you attended and what you studied in school? Um, well, so my full name is actually Mohammed Ibrahim Mahama. Okay. I mostly don't use the Mohammed in my name now. When I was younger, everyone in from my childhood calls me Mohammed. Yeah, but okay. I started using more of Ibrahim Mahama in the last uh, eight years when I started working as an artist. Because you know, internationally, when you're traveling, the name Mohammed sometimes can seem a bit heavy. Yes, I that's true. I like to avoid prejudice and other things, so I just like to use Ibrahim uh, as simple uh, as simple as it appears to be. Um, but. I was born in Tamale in 1987. I didn't grow up here. At the age of two, I was sent to Accra and um, I grew up there attending various schools uh, from Anse Preparatory in uh, Kaneshi to Vichans in uh, Joulu, then later on to Prince Boatin, uh, second, uh, Prince Boatin Memorial School in Nsawam. Uh, it was a boarding school, which I went at the age of five. And then I was transferred from there to uh, St. John's Preparatory in Achimota also uh, at the time, which I was there for basic school, so from class one to six. And then uh, JSS, I went to a, a day school called uh, Star Avenue in um, around Circle. That branch right. doesn't really exist anymore, but uh, I think it's the primary branch that exists now. And... Um, I went to secondary school at Pope John Senior High in Kofuridria. Wow. And then from there, I decided to study fine arts uh, in tech, KNUST. So I went to KNUST in 2006, where I read the painting degree program. Uh, I completed in 2010 and did my national service at the Autism Center. And then in 2011, I applied to do my master's, that's MFA, Master of Fine Arts in tech again. Uh, so I went back 2011 to 13. Then uh, in 2015, I enrolled in the PhD program in painting again. So that has basically been my journey. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's good to know. That's very good to know. So let me start by asking the most obvious question, okay? Your name is Mahama, and then the immediate former president of Ghana is also called John Mahama, but even more importantly, his younger brother is called Ibrahim Mahama, just as your name. So are you related to the Mahama family and has that has any impact on your work? Um, well, no, not. Mahama is quite a common name. Actually, okay. Mahama actually, Mahama literally means Muhammad. Oh, wow. In, yeah, in, 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 in the north. Mahama is like Muhammad. Uh -huh. So it's a local version of Muhammad. So my okay. name is like Mohammed Ibrahim Mohammed, but just that the Mohammed this time is Mahama in a local version. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Mahama is a very common name, but my father, in the in Tamale here, there are many different Ibrahim Mohammeds. There there used to be a lawyer here. 
he's still alive, very old. He's like in his uh, early 90s. His name is lawyer Ibrahim Mahama. Uh, and then there is Ibrahim Mahama Suleimana, who is my father. And then there is uh, Ibrahim Mahama, the businessman. And then me, Ibrahim Mahama. <laughs> wow, nice. <laughs> uh my i think the relationship my father has a relation with them in a way that the house we currently live in i hear used to belong to john Mahama's father oh okay uh, back in the days and he sold it to someone and the person sold it to my father in the late 80s so that's the connection we have there is oh, this, all right it's just uh but it's, it's not any family related i think it's more through and also my father has done quite a lot of work here in the north so John growing up, of course, my father is about 20 years older than John. So John Mahama has always grown up. Um, the, uh, President Mahama has always grown up knowing my father and Ibrahim. Likewise, even like a few days ago, um, Ibrahim came to Tamale. They came to present a cup. RTU had won a cup. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. And uh, my father is the chairman of the RTU party. Oh, uh, nice. Football club. So he came with the team to give him the cup. So they're just normal, just because we live in the same space and the name. So people like uh, meet every now and then, but it's not family related. No. Oh, okay. Okay. I get it now. Oh, that's nice. So then you mentioned that you're an artist, right? Yes. So what has been your motivation for going into arts? You know, we are in an African culture where parents want their children to go into engineering, to do medicine, that kind of thing, lawyer. So what makes you go into arts? What was the motivation behind that? Well, I didn't have any motivations in the beginning. I just wanted to make art. You know, art, okay. there's a feeling that it comes with. Yes. And um, you necessarily will not know exactly what you're going to do when you go into it. Okay. All you know is that you want to make art and it makes you happy and you feel good about it. Okay. So that was the feeling that I had in the beginning. Even when I was going to secondary school, it wasn't so much a matter of wanting to become an artist my father was a bit pressing on it he was insisting that i should try it because as a child i used to draw a lot so he thought there was some element of promise within it i could do something with it so okay. when i went to art school and i started making art i realized that oh art was far much interesting and wider than it was okay because, uh knust the, the the old program curriculum was quite conservative yeah so you are professors who came starting from the early 2000s, we're beginning to change the curriculum and introduce new forms of arts within the program. So I was very lucky to have attended a school at that particular point in time where I met some of these people who really influenced me and who showed us great examples of artists around the world who were doing really, really amazing things. That led me to this point of thinking that, okay, fine, you could buy an airplane and then transform it into a classroom, or you could think of an airplane project as a work of art. Traditionally, the artist would think that, oh, taking a picture of the airplane and painting it is the work of art. But this time around, you are intervening within the system itself by using the object itself as the art. Imagine the inspiration that it will go on to create among, let's say, children and others. Yes. Yes. Some of them might decide that they want to become astronauts or pilots. Uh, so art is not a means of inspiring people to become artists, but okay. to inspire them to become much better people better versions of themselves okay. in the world yeah that's that's very wonderful that's very wonderful so what are some of the arts you've done so far so the piece that you sold for one million dollars was that your masterpiece or are there others of <laughs> sentimental value no 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 no. it's not i wouldn't say it's a masterpiece but it's um it's a constellation of pieces you okay. know 
So the the one million was actually an understatement. It wasn't wow. one million, it was far more. Yeah, but I see. The idea is that it's not it doesn't come at a goal. Okay. You know, when you sell a work of art, like yeah. the money accumulates small, small. So those small, small monies that I have saved over the last eight years is what I have used since 2014 in building these institutions in Tamale till okay. date. So the point about that interview was that the guy was exploring way like he was interested more in the idea of he was interested more in the idea of me um buying these old airplanes which seemed very upset and then converting them into classrooms out of these monies that I had made over the years of course the the money didn't just go into buying just the airplanes it also went into building like the institutions two different institutions and also setting up this whole infrastructure around it and also finding ways to expand it beyond what it is now. So it's not just the airplanes, but it's, it, it involves archives and artworks and all kinds of different things, which the future of the institution is going to rely on. Where has your largest customer base been? Has it been in Africa or elsewhere? Oh, not in Africa, certainly not here. Because okay. Here, people don't really understand art, the intrinsic value of art uh, to a point in terms of a collector base. So mostly it has been to museums around the world. And those museums around the world, actually, I'm interested in how the work I'm doing here with all the conditions that exist can be able to generate these kinds of maybe capital or money. And then we can be able to use that capital to be able to at least create institutions here that can shift the existing narrative. So, for instance, if there are no museums or spaces here that can handle, let's say, the history of aviation, the history of let's say, astronomy, the history of textiles, furniture, art, painting, sculpture, whatever, and through art, we can be able to somehow create all these institutions. I think it's actually very important. There is something radical about it. And for me, uh, that collector base outside that understands sometimes what the artist wants to do. Some of those guys buy the work because they know what I do with the money. They know that oh, money is going to go into building like like the school or going to build like museum or this and that. So they are very interested in how the artist is also developing art beyond just the, the painting that hangs on the wall. And um, and here people are still very much attached to that. When someone um, is going to buy your work, he wants to be able to hang it on his wall so when people come to his house, they can admire it and things like that. But art goes far beyond that. So maybe sometimes the artist might have to make a work that is not possible for someone to hang on his wall. But just the person, the person buying it and gifting it to a museum or telling someone that he owns a work by this artist, that one alone enough of a value than just physically showing the work uh, in your space. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Very, very true. So now let's talk about the particular arts you sold for $1 million and then used the money to buy six airplanes right so you said actually the money was far more can you give us an estimate of how much that piece was actually going for can be actually be able to make oh it wasn't a specific uh one piece oh so i see pieces are like different like they are uh, maybe they're it's a constellation of an idea which okay. appears in different pieces or different forms and then when they add up together they make up a certain collective value and okay. also the okay. thing about art is that when you sell a work on the market, primary market, you don't get, you don't get all the money. Mostly, you get only half. Okay. 
because there are agents like galleries and dealers mm. who mm. help to sell the works to the museums and they always mm. get half of the money so in order to be able to get more money to do whatever you need you need to be able to produce more or more significant work to, if you like in a way so uh, it was there's a work called the non-rentable in cancer which is made up of these shoemaker boxes that i sold some years ago so that money also significantly added up to this money that was used yeah in building this uh, part of building an institution okay that's fine so where are the studios located um, they are located in Tamale. Uh, there are three spaces currently that uh, we operate. So there's a Red Clay Studios, which is my studio, which is uh, also where the airplanes are. So I'm more interested in what the idea of an artist studio means. Is there a place where the artist produces work or paintings? Or is there a place where ideological transformations or all kinds of radical thoughts and things can appear in? So... Uh, we have the Parliament of Ghosts, we have these archives, we have a library space, we have um, uh, people come and have picnics. Um, I'm planning to build like a basic and a junior high school, senior high school, uh, uni. Uh, so the idea is to really expand it so it becomes like a full institution in the future. Nice, nice. Um, the, uh, we have SCCA Tamale, which is the Savannah Center for Contemporary Arts. It's the first space, so it's like my first baby. Okay. One was uh, the first one I started building in 2014 and um, it opened in 2019 actually. So we use that place mostly for large scale exhibitions and mm. we also have library space there. And uh, we have the Nkrumah Volne, which is this old 1960s Kwame Nkrumah building yeah. uh, that I bought from the state. So I transformed it into like a museum. So kids come there and then they experience the history of Ghana through a very different lens, through architecture specifically. And there are other spaces I'm also looking at, old cemeteries, old swimming pools, old old buildings that were abandoned, ways in which we can intervene within these spaces and transform them. I think that is what our generation is actually meant to do, to okay. be able to go back in time and be able to save all the forgotten things you know, Ghana, when you go drive around the country, you see there are so many buildings that are just empty. Yeah, that's true. Factories and all that. And I think that art gives us uh, the avenue to be able to think about these things and find ways in which we can push them in other directions. All right. So there's six airplanes, okay? Are they, are they the airplanes you've converted into studios or they are, they are building blocks there and then the airplanes mm -hmm. are also there? They are building blocks there. Most of the institution is uh, blocks, uh, that's bricks. And then uh, the, the airplanes are used as classrooms. One of them uh, two, one of them is a classroom proper that we use for teaching the kids about drone technology and other things, coding, blah, blah, blah. And then one of them, I'm planning to use it as a residency space where when guests come around, they can sleep in it. Uh, it's a very large uh, aircraft. And then there is one which is very interesting the, it belonged. It also belonged to Starbucks some time ago, but they sold it to a company in South Africa. So they took everything from the inside, and the out the the inside looks very empty. You can see all like almost like it's almost like the inside of an animal, where you could see like the ribs and everything. So I found it very interesting. So we want to transform it into this kind of experiential space where kids can come in and let's say there will be like a harness together with that hanging system in it, where they can almost float through the space yeah something like that so um it's something i'm working on and then one of them is going to be a library space which we're currently working on 
and then one of them is um, just uh, like a museum objects where people can experience and the other one is also like an old airplane which is uh, from Poland from the based on the second world war model planes and I'm planning to put it on top of this building that I'm renovating in Tamale just to make it to make to turn the building into an icon so yeah okay that's all right i don't know how functional the planes were when you bought them but how were you able to transport them all the way to tamale in the north of ghana <laughs> well three of them were working airplanes actually okay. but they said they needed overhauling so and it was too expensive so the owners decided to like sell them to me at very cheap prices so it was almost like a gift okay um, they we worked with uh, air, like airplane engineers at the airport and we dismantled the airplanes according to the manual wow. and then we trans we put them on long vehicle trucks and then we transported them from Accra with police escorts all the way to Tamale and there was one at the Tamale airport which we took the wings off and then we worked with the police and then the uh, VRA they turned off the lights in Tamale for that day because we needed to the, the plane the tail needed to pass under some high tension wires blah 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 so yeah so it's it's, it's that's it's some work statistics i know it's not it sounds i say it very easy but it took two years to do all of this work oh, wow there are a lot of logistics that goes into it coordinating between fire service police the military like every all kinds of players were involved in the engineers truck drivers um like everyone has a role to play like uh masons uh, creating a platform for some of these things to stand so like you need almost everyone you need all the common and ordinary people in order to get this kind of project achieved okay so that that it seems like you had a lot of support and assistance from the yes. government and other players no not government <laughs> no, oh not, i see not at all but more or less like just ordinary people who want okay. to okay no, because you know you mentioned you mentioned military police that kind of thing yeah so, but there are people they are they are they are getting help from a government is different from getting help from people who help you who work in the government you get it there might be people in the government who want to get things done and when you apply when you tell them you want to do something they'll try to use whatever power they have in their office to help you but if you were to go to the government directly right to the government and say oh um, there's this idea I have and I want to see how you can help me to assist da, 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 da. it's very different so they, they, they it's mostly not forthcoming I think individually people are more interested in doing things than the state in general yes, yes. but I didn't I'm, I'm tempted to ask have you sought government assistance in any way and what has the response been like well so far I haven't had any luck I've tried in the past and I never got anything so oh, and wow. even till date with all the projects and things we are doing, we unfortunately we've never had one government official even visit the sites. You don't mean it? No, I'm, I'm serious. It's I I get when people go on the streets like with this fix the country and other things. Yes, these are some of the things that they are talking about. You know, when yeah. you have an, when you have something genuine that you want to do, or even when you're doing it at this level, even which is not getting any attention or recognition even from the ministry that is responsible for it. You write letters, you try to meet the minister, you don't have any luck. And yet you are like, sometimes people come here from outside the country and they are like, oh, yesterday I met the minister casually. And like, really like someone from outside the country and they can just meet the minister. But you, if you are here that you want to do something, oh no. Uh -huh. So, but nonetheless, for me, I'm not worried about it. I, I, we only get concerned that 
it doesn't allow for our future to grow properly. But I hope that it's um, there's some of these things change. If the if the government or the minister were to say uh, approach me and say, "Oh, well, how can we best help, or what can we, how can we apply these ideas to national development, or blah blah here and there?" Gladly, of course. At, at the end of the day, we really want we want to see change happen in many different ways, and we want things to be much better than they are. You know, so we want the reason we we want to we really want to create a better world for the generations that are yet to come that's why we do what we do uh -huh. so why not uh -huh. so me i'm not really into the idea of privatization i want to be able to do something that can affect the states and the state institutions uh -huh, to become better than what they are already yeah. uh -huh. that's true thank you so much this is enlightening wow but then again, let me ask, okay, just, I know you've, you've yeah. actually recapped this, but I just wanted to go over it again for somebody who is also thinking of doing something as crazy as you have done. Yeah. Someone may ask, so why couldn't you just build the whole thing with bricks? Why did you find the need to, you know, buy aircrafts and then the whole process of bringing them, transforming them into studios? Why couldn't you just build, build all in bricks? <laughs> uh, thank you. It's interesting. You know, the airplanes... Objects have different functions and roles. Okay. Airplanes have come with very specific histories. Mm. All the airplanes that we have in the place in the in red clay, they all have very different histories. They come from very different times in now in the last hundred years since air travel was possible. Okay. So if you take each airplane, it has a specific technology that you can go into and then open a whole world out of it. If you are sitting in a classroom, haven't you seen those videos of kids sitting in a classroom studying with with no computers and then they are using rocks and other things to study. yes i have i have so seen imagine that. these same kids they have a space like this in their community and then they are using these airplanes they are they have let's say a computer lab in the airplane and they are using it to study imagine the difference it makes yeah that's true uh -huh. so the element of transformation is very important mm. so these airplanes i wasn't just interested in the airplanes in the beginning I was also interested in these old trains from the Ghana Railroads, okay. which I'm still working on and hoping to get for the institution. So oh. it's very important that, and also trucks, when you come to Red Clay, there are all kinds of different objects. We have jet engines, we have like old furniture, we have like old textile pieces, we have archival materials, uh, parts of trains, like uh, photographs. So there are all kinds of different things. So it's, it's, it's inside and outside. So we use the inside of the airplane for like the drone technologies where the kids have to learn the, the, the technologies, the differences and similarities between older and newer technologies. Yeah. And then also what it means today to be able to occupy spaces like that versus let's say going into like the brick spaces and having let's say spaces there that they can use as classrooms for drawing and blah, blah, blah. So yeah. for me, I'm interested in both the inside of the airplanes and outside the airplane and what it means to the landscape as um, the children who are in this um, uh, village or farming community where this has become part of their reality now. Yeah. They don't have to see the airplane in the sky, but it's something just behind their backyard. They can and experience it. Describing, yes, when they are describing and experiencing it, it's not something alien. Yes. It's now so common that it becomes part of their vocabulary. Yeah. So if they are going to dream or start thinking, their starting point is not going to be from the the soil or farm anymore though i know that is very important but at least there'll be other points of departure in terms yes. of thinking about yes. the world yeah. wow that's that's wonderful to hear so what happens at red clay studios on, on a typical day well on yesterday we were very overwhelmed we had 
so many. We had over 500 people yesterday wow. alone, Founders Day. Um, yeah, they we, we have a, uh, an exhibition always happening. So exhibition of artworks from all around the world. And sometimes we also have exhibitions of, let's say, artists who are older, nice. uh, whose work is not really popular or common to Ghanaian culture that we host. So when people come, they see these artworks. Uh, we do workshops. Um, we, we also have the, these kids coming over and we do drone workshops with them inside the airplane where we show them videos of like aviation, how airplanes work, the technology, blah, 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 drone mm. systems. And then we um, combine those two technologies where they go into the cockpit and then we teach them some few things and then we fly the drone outside and then they see how it works and they try their hands on it and things like that. So, um, yeah, and then people also just come there to have picnics. Uh, people come just walk around to sit around maybe with their lovers just to have a conversation or things like that. So it's a place where you can just come and feel free. After all, it's free. Uh, oh, it's free? Yeah, it's completely free. So wow. if, um, if you want to shoot a music video or do whatever, whatever, people come there to shoot their wedding pictures inside the airplane or outside or in the brick building. People come there to... Um, uh, take birthday pictures to yeah. celebrate their kids' birthday. Mm. Yeah, it's there. There's so many possibilities. Okay, so do you book to come? How do you? How do? Or can they just come in? No, you can just come. But if you're coming to make, let's say, a video or something, yeah, you just need to let us know in advance so okay. we can make sure that the conditions are right for you to come. For instance, oh. we know that there are going to be this number of children there on this day, and then maybe you're coming to do a video. You need some peace of mind. We can propose another day things like that. But you know, Ghanaian, sometimes someone comes today, nah, he wants you to bring their permission. To so sometimes people even come and they fight with you, almost as if they are paying. Entitlement. <laughs> but that's, 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 that's a human being for you. So you just have to also know how to be patient and deal with them. And then small, small, you'll find a way to help them. All right, sure. Yeah. So then, okay. Thank you so much. Let me ask this question about the money. You know, I'm interested in the one million dollars. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I am. So one million dollars is it's a lot of money to turn your life around financially, right? You know, most people yeah. would have used this opportunity to go into real estate, you know, go on some expensive vacations and then go into investments that will better their lives. What made you decide that no, let me use this to make some social investments in my community? What made you do this? Ah, well, I think that we need we need to push more forward social social enterprise, yeah, different types of it. Um, I personally, in my life, I didn't grow up in a family like my father has always not been. Of course, my father had had a bit of money when we were growing up, and then he he spent more of his time and his money taking care of the the the, the larger family. Okay. And also, the, my base in art school was about really thinking about money, capital, and what it can do, what it does, and particularly community building also. How you can be able to build like a system that somehow can transform other people within that same system. So my base has always been about creating spaces that can somehow help to transform our experiences of that space and of other spaces, I imagine. So um, there are so many people doing real estate. There are so many people building hotels. There are so many people doing this in Tamale and other places. Why should I add up to one of those people to do that? It wouldn't change anything. If I had built a real estate, like all these conversations and also all these experiences. It won't be happening. Yes. I mean, it won't be happening. 
Yeah, so sometimes you just need to choose a path, no matter how stupid and radical it thinks, it, it seems, you just have to do it. Some of us in the world have to be stupid. All of us cannot be sensible. Some people always say that, oh, but you know, you have to be reasonable and you have to do this and that's how you can make money. And I'm like, all the reasonable people, people, people who have done all these things that have brought them money, what, how many of them have ended, ended up changing the world? Exactly. Uh -huh. exactly. So there are questions that you need to ask yourself. And sometimes just the basis of stupidity can be a starting point. Knowing that, oh, this thing is not popular and society will not approve. My family will not approve. Mm. They'll think that it's madness. It's, waste, it's a waste of time. You should start it and see where it leads to. Tomorrow, it might be the thing that would even help transform or create businesses and all that. Because now it seems to be something that is not yielding money. But imagine the people it will inspire. Some of these people will grow up to want to become airplane engineers, want to come. Da, 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 da. So in the next 20 years, the, you will have a generation of maybe young millionaires who would have become millionaires because they were inspired by something that pushed them in other directions. Very true. true. Other fields, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so it's a long term. It's not about you making money now. You can't, how much money are you going to make and how much are you going to spend at the end of the day? So there's a lot more to life than that. Wow. That's very interesting to know. Okay, so has it always been rosy? You know, this is a highlight of your of your journey, you know. I think you're trending on social media, you're all over the place, people are trying to get your attention, that kind of thing. But has there been ever a point in your journey where you were you were at your wit's end? It was a downhill for you, like you just didn't know what to do. Probably a stumbling block along the way. It has always been like this, like a stumbling block. It's I not see. very rosy. Particularly with the kind of decisions and choices I have to make. Okay. Today I can have a hundred thousand and tomorrow I don't have it because I've spent all of it on buying building materials to continue the the institution. So I don't really keep money. I'm more interested in investing to build a much better institution. It's better for us to build stronger institutions in the time that we live in than to think about saving money in a bank. If you die today, there is no point to it with all the money that you left. But if you build a strong institution, at least your legacy will live on and your name will live on forever. So uh, that is a struggle in itself. And it comes with it, it, it comes with a certain amount of struggle also. So I'm more interested in how I can make my work um, and through the struggles that it brings along, I can embrace it more and it can inspire me to even do much more greater things that even seem to be more of a struggle. I know it doesn't make sense because everyone wants some comfort. But uh, if you, the moment you become comfortable in life, sometimes you are finished. You won't be able to do the most <laughs> Tell me about it. The most interesting and radical things again. So I think sometimes also living off the edge a bit is also can be quite interesting. It can really mm. help you to, be able to achieve some magnificent things. All right, thank you, thank you so much. So, what piece of what piece of advice would you leave young Africans who want to follow in your footsteps? Well, I've always said that people need to be patient. Young people need to be patient, and young people also need to learn to take a risk and be learn, and also to they have to learn not to be too smart and too sensible. Uh, sometimes people think they are so smart; they think that yeah. they know the best way to make money or something. No. But it's more or less about building yourself, finding out what your purpose is, what you want, what your contribution wants to be. Imagine you are 20-something and you have the chance to do something great and you think, oh, 
no, this is the time for me to enjoy my life. And then maybe when I'm 40, you might not live to be 40. Exactly. At every point in your life, you should think about making, leaving a mark in this world, a positive mark in a way. And that will go on to build your self, both your personality and also whatever that will come to represent you in the future. So I think people need to, yeah, young people need to understand that failure is a necessity. It's a necessary part of becoming a better person. Yeah. So you don't always have to succeed. Sometimes you try things and they don't work. But those things that are not working in the beginning are going to build you for you to be able to gather the courage and the mastery to do other things in the future. So we need to allow ourselves pace to grow and also to be able to make uh, important decisions in our lives. Okay. Thank you so much, Mr. Ibrahim Ahama. This has been a very revealing session. I know our listeners have learned a great deal and you've inspired someone to go out there and do crazy things. <laughs> so I know people want to follow you on social media. People want to call you and then probably visit Red Clay Studios. Do you have any social media handles you can leave for people? To uh, well, thank you very much. Um, on uh, Instagram, you can find me personally on Ibrahim Hama 3. Okay. Um, you can find Red Clay uh, Studios. You can find SCCA Tamale. And you can also find Nkrumah Vuelne. Normally, once you find one of them and you look at the hashtags, you uh, you find the, the other ones. And then on Twitter, Ibrahim Mahama, SCCA Tamale. And then uh, on Facebook, Ibrahim Mahama, S uh, Savannah Center for Contemporary Art also. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much. No websites? Oh. We have uh, sccatamale.org. Okay. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Mr. Ibrahim Mahama. And to our listeners, don't forget to subscribe to Tales of Africa podcast for more amazing African content. Follow us on Facebook at Tales of Africa. Follow us on Instagram at Official Tales of Africa and on Twitter as Africa Tales. Thank you so much. Stay tuned for more amazing content. We'll catch you another time. Bye-bye.